that was the position that I was already in, was needing to go look for a job. And so in my mind, it was actually very low risk because it's like, okay, I can try this and either it's going to work out or I'm going to be right back sitting here in the same position I'm in right now. And that was definitely something that made me more confident and comfortable taking the chance. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. In this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Dorothy, who is the founder of Needles Eye Media and the co-founder and CEO of The Gig, which is a digital media company that helps freelancers acquire and profit from high-income online skills. In 2017, Dorothy began freelancing and quickly fell in love with the freedom, flexibility, and uncapped income it provided. So she is on a mission to curate the most important freelance content and tips and give it to you in a fun entertaining and easy to digest format that you can consume in seven minutes or less. Her goal is to help others build their own profitable, fulfilling, and recession-proof business as a freelancer. So listen on to find out how Dorothy has been able to help others create freedom through gig work. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to be with my guest today. I'm here with Dorothy. Hi Dorothy, how are you? I'm good, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to talk to you today. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Absolutely. So, you know, I am definitely, you know, someone who has always, you know, really just craved a sense of control over, you know, my life and, you know, really what I wanted to create. And I think for a long time, I had this very, you know, kind of stereotypical, you know, society driven, you know, view around, you know, what success looked like in a career. And that led me to study finance and accounting. And, you know, I was really going after this, this type of, you know, big kind of corporate, you know, city career. And, you know, it was during my final year of school where, you know, I realized, gosh, I'm doing this for all of the wrong reasons. Uh, You know, I am doing this because of status, because of the, you know, the, the salary that, you know, I think that it's going to, you know, help me to obtain. And it really was, uh, you know, it really was not aligned with what was actually going to make me happy and, and fulfilled as, you know, a human. And so, you know, I was kind of facing down this path that, you know, I had worked so hard to set myself up on you know, to have this, you know, big, quote unquote, successful career, and then realize that I didn't even want it. And so, you know, I ended up essentially, you know, giving up my job offer, you know, that I'd uh, secured heading into my senior year, and, uh, you know, moved to Chicago, you know, really not knowing how things were going to unfold, ended up working at a startup um, for three years, 
and then left that company and went off on my own. And, um, you know, since then it's, you know, really, you know, it's shown me just how fun life can be when you really open up all the possibilities and recognize that, you know, we can create our lives any way that we want them. We just need to kind of have the courage to, to make that leap and do it. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part is really figuring out how to get to that point where you can leave something that's really familiar to you or you think and feel is stable and then taking that first step to to do that. How did you get that, I guess, courage to leave something that was um, what most people think is like the start of your American dream, right? Because this freelancing and well, now after the pandemic, remote work is seen as more stable. But <laughs> before when when we used to tell people that they were like, oh, my gosh, you're crazy. How are you going to live and afford anything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I was stubborn and I was naive and that really worked in my favor at the time. You know, I I had gotten really fortunate that the startup that I worked for here in Chicago, you know, it was a small, scrappy team. You know, that business went on to be acquired in a nine, multiple nine-figure acquisition. So it ended up, you know, really becoming this big company. But I was their fourth team member. And, you know, in the first, um, you know, first few years of that company when I worked there, you know, we were very non-traditional. You know, it really did look like, you know, kind of the, the startup that you imagine, you know, where... Uh, you know, there's not a lot of structure, you know, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And I had a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy in that role. And, um, you know, even though I did have a boss and, you know, we had an office, you know, I, I did feel like I had that control that I wanted. You know, I was able to, you know, say, hey, I'm going to take this three-week trip and, you know, work remote while I do it. And when I decided that I was going to leave that company, I did not want to go backwards in terms of, you know, the degree of flexibility and control that I felt I had in my life at that time. And so the idea of working for a company that was going to make me be in Chicago in an office, you know, five days a week, it was really a non-starter for me. And so as I was, you know, interviewing and you know talking to different people and looking at opportunities, I was finding opportunities, but they weren't going to give me that. And so it was really just this bet that I had to make on myself of, you know, okay, I'm going to try to figure out something that I can do on my own. And it really came down to confidence that, you know, if it didn't work out, that wasn't going to be the end of the world. You know, and I think this is something like if you're sitting in, you know, a nine to five job or you're afraid to make that leap, it's really powerful to actually play out the worst case scenario. So really ask yourself, all right, if I try, what is the worst thing that can happen? And for me, you know, I was confident that I could get a job within four, you know, four weeks, six weeks, whatever, you know, if shit really hit the fan and I had no other options. And that was the position that I was already in was needing to go look for a job. And so in my mind, it was actually very low risk because it's like, okay, I can try this and either it's going to work out or I'm going to be right back you know, sitting here in the same position I'm in right now. And that was, you know, definitely something that made me more confident and comfortable taking the chance. Yeah. And, and for somebody who always want something more, something that they feel like they can really grow into, 
looking at the life that you have right now is most of the time worse than the unknown, because at least, you know, if if you try something new, like you mentioned, Dorothy, you can always go back to where you were. But if you never try, you never know. And then there's always going to be that what if and regret, you know, and we get old very quickly and very (laughs) fast. And you don't want to go down that route and just be miserable because you didn't try something that you always wanted to do. So once you finally took that leap, you left your your job, what did you decide to do that allowed you to make this sustainable for yourself? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I really floundered for several months trying to figure out what I was going to do. Like, how am I actually going to make money on my own? I was trying so many different things and none of them were really panning out. And so about four months into this process, you know, I was running my apartment out on Airbnb to pay my rent, you know, to buy myself more time. And uh, my former boss from that startup, you know, he actually called me up and said, you know, hey, I have this ticket to a Facebook ads workshop and I can't go. Um, you know, would you like the ticket? And so I ended up going to this three-day workshop in Madison, Wisconsin, which was really, it was really the thing that clicked. You know, I had actually seen the startup that I worked for, you know, they went from zero to, you know, 10 million in annual revenue in a large part off the back of Facebook ads. And so I had seen that happen. I, you know, understood the power of paid media, but it was not something that I had direct experience in. And I was in this place where, you know, I knew that I was very analytical. I was very data driven. And as I was going through this, um, you know, this three days, I just thought to myself, you know, all right, I really think this is something that I could be good at. And I'm really running out of options here. You know, nothing else was really panning out. And so at the end of that three days, the person putting on the workshop who was, you know, really at the time, um, one of the biggest names in this space, he was promoting his year long uh, really coaching and mentorship program. And at the time, you know, I was broke. I was living, you know, living off my credit cards, you know, trying to figure out something to do. And I really just felt this, just this feeling in my gut that this was something that I could make happen. And so, um, you know, against probably (laughs) better judgment, um, I ended up taking a leap and um, joined that coaching program, really had no idea how I was going to pay for it or what I was going to do. And just, you know, backed myself into a corner where it was like, all right, I've got to figure this out. You know, I'm, I'm on the hook for this now. And within the first three months, I got my first couple of clients. You know, I had this coach really holding my hand and helping me to deliver on those promises and get them results. And um, yeah, within three months, I had substantially exceeded my salary from from that job that I had left. So that was really the start of my freelancing career. Yeah. And that's amazing that you actually got the help that you needed, because I think for a lot of people, the reason why we don't succeed faster than we think is because we don't ask for help. Right. We think, okay, I want to save money or even like we're too stubborn to ask for help because we think we can do it all on our own. And you asking for that help, do you feel like that changed a lot of the trajectory of of your business and what you were able to do and you actually creating income from doing this? Oh, without question. If I hadn't have done that, I really don't believe that, you know, there's any way that I would have figured it out on my own. You know, I think I would have ended up having to, to you know, go get a, a more traditional job, you know, because I think if you're in this position where 
you are working a nine to five and you want to start freelancing to create this opportunity for yourself, you can do that alongside your job and, you know, build that up slowly and acquire, you know, get paid to acquire those skills as a freelancer, you know, work with small clients, you know, build up your confidence and, you know, your skill set, and then go into it full time when, you know, you're ready to make that leap and you, you have that all figured out. I wasn't in that position. You know, I was, you know, I did not have, you know, my job anymore. You know, I was on my own and I had to figure out a way to shortcut that learning process because otherwise, like I just couldn't afford to sustain myself for much longer. And so, you know, making that decision, it allowed me to shortcut what would have otherwise been a very long and very painful learning process of figuring out how to do it the right way and and how to do it successfully. And so, for me, having someone hold my hand in that way was uh, really exactly what um, what I needed to make it happen. Yeah. And I, I hear this sometimes too from people like, oh, I don't want to spend the money because it's too expensive or I don't know if it's really going to work. And personally, I've spent a lot of money on coaching, um, on courses that like 80% of them didn't go how I thought it would be, but like the 20% that did, you'd pay like, I I say this all the time, like there was one course where I paid like a thousand dollars just for the two minute or even a minute of that course that I really needed. And I knew everything else except for that one thing. And it was worth that thousand dollars for those two minutes, because that's the missing piece that you need. So even if you just need like a minute of what they're going to say, and it helps you click, it's worth (laughs) the, the money that you're, you're giving, or, you know, because of all of the things that you're actually learning from it. And it may even take you like years and years to, to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, finding the right person is really important. I've also had, you know, coaching relationships that, you know, didn't go the way that I wanted, but I, you know, I've had far more that have, you know, pushed me forward in ways that, uh, you know, just wouldn't have happened otherwise. And, you know, I think it's important to have self-awareness. So I knew that I am a person that, you know, if my back is against the wall, I'm going to fight. And I was so committed to figure this out and make this happen for myself that I knew that if I was able to figure out how to invest in the right support, that I would do whatever it took to be successful. So, you know, at the time it was terrifying. Um, In fact, the second night of that workshop, the person um, putting on, you know, he gave out his cell phone number and said, Hey, if anyone has questions about the program, you know, give me a call tonight. And I called him and was basically trying to dance around the question of, you know, hey, how likely do you think it is that I could actually get clients and be good at this and, and make this work? And he saw straight through me and, you know, said point blank, if you don't have the money for the program, I do not recommend that you join. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> got, got it. Thank you so much. Totally, totally understand. I hang up that call and immediately uh, rang up my, my old boss and gave me the ticket and said, I'm doing it. Like I'm, I'm taking the leap and, you know, went in the next morning and, um, you know, put that first $6,000 payment uh, on my credit card. And it was really just this blind faith and this stubbornness of knowing that I was going to do whatever it took to make this happen. And if you are going to, you know, I, I'd say what I did was the hard route of, you know, going all in all at one time and, and really kind of, you know, walking into the fire that way. But you know, I had the self-awareness to know that 
you know, that was the type of, you know, scenario where, where I would rise and and figure it out. Yeah. And that is really exciting, but also nerve wracking at the same time, because it's not money that it's just like it comes from trees. You know, you work really hard for that. And especially for somebody who left their job, that's money that you need to live. So taking that and having blind faith is a huge step for you. But obviously it worked out because you worked very hard and it got you to clients that you needed to make the income that you needed to have. Exactly. And and I mean, it's definitely, you know, I think if, if you're sitting in a position where you do have a job that, you know, you're able to, you know, build up, um, you know, some freelancing income on the side, you know, while you're still at your full-time job and then make the leap. It's, you know, it's, again, it's about self-awareness. You know, some people are, you know, really lit up by, you know, the idea of kind of the way that I did it. And that's a story that really, you know, inspires them and motivates them. And then there's other people who hear a story like that and they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds terrifying. And, you know, there's no right or wrong path. I was, you know, sort of forced into the, you know, I would say the the harder path by kind of circumstances uh, that I happen to be in, but, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. So I think it's just, you know, really, again, like designing your life, you know, creating it in the way that you want it and doing it in a way that feels elegant to you. Absolutely. And that's the beauty about this is that you can have a life that you create for yourself and not something that you were led to. So it's more being proactive with what you're doing now. So for you now, Dorothy, is this still what you're doing? I know you have an advertising agency. Is this what you ended up doing? Is this something that you really knew you wanted to do long-term? And in terms of that, how did you make sure that you kept on building your clients and making this into a full-fledged agency instead of just being a solopreneur? It was really just a natural evolution. So I started taking on you know, Facebook advertising clients and really worked on my own doing that for, I would say the first two and a half years and loved it in, in many ways. You know, I was able to travel. I was able to, you know, have that complete control over my schedule and, you know, what I was doing and who I was working with, but I didn't love the work, if that makes sense. You know, I, I, it was one of those things where, you know, I was good at it, Um, But it wasn't something that really lit me up. Um, But I kept pressing forward. And then I got to this place where, you know, I really needed help. And so I basically end of 2019 brought on my first team member to support me. It was, you know, a contractor at that time. And what I realized was as I, you know, found help, I started to enjoy what I was doing day to day, you know, more and more. And I realized like, I love being an operator. Like I love managing a business, right? And which is very different from kind of the nitty gritty of like being inside of the ad accounts. Like those are two very different skill sets. And so that eventually turned into me hiring my first full-time person. And, you know, I realized if we needed to expand, you know, I had my, my skill set was in Facebook ads, but we needed to be able to run traffic for our clients on YouTube and, you know, on like at the time Snapchat and Pinterest. And, and so um, that really led to me growing the team and you know bringing on people who had more experience than I did and could do it even better than I could. And that allowed me to really elevate into this role of CEO and manage the business. And that really turned it into, you know, something that I truly loved and, you know, both had the control and freedom and flexibility, but also really loved what I was doing day to day. 
Yeah. And, and it's a totally different thing. But I, I mean, if you think about it this way, there's just some people that thrive doing the actual work. And there are certain people that like to actually do the operation, manage all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about, Dorothy. But how did you make that transition? Because that's another ball game, right? It's like first you're on your own and then you hire somebody and it may sound really great, but then also like training somebody, finding the right people, making sure that they're there for a long time, because if you're giving them all of these different skills, like how did you make sure that uh, that all went exactly, I guess, to plan? I mean, you know, not everything goes to plan, but how did how did you make sure that that worked out for you and to build an even bigger team for yourself? Trial and error and messing up a ton and learning and, you know, figuring (laughs) out and pressing forward. You know, it definitely wasn't something that went entirely to plan. You know, I started by bringing on two, like, basically interns, actually. Like, they, um, I, you know, met uh, some people who are studying, um, you know, marketing. And, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, great, I can train them to, you know, do, you know, some of these things on the back end. And, um, you know, that went well, but it, you know, you realize that, you know, training someone often takes way more time than, you know, it takes to actually execute it on yourself. And so it was really when I hired my first full-time person at the end of 2019 that I started to be able to lean into that transition to becoming more of the operator of the business. And, you know, it was really a two and a half year process, like from end of 2019, you know, to present day. I mean, now we are a you know team of five, and you know we're a, a seven figure agency, and you know it really looks the way that you know if if I could have if I could have sat back at that time a few years ago and just envisioned like my absolute dream of how this business could look, it would be exactly you know where we sit right now, which is such a beautiful thing. But it was messy to get there, so I think it's it's really this um, you know ongoing journey of you know, making mistakes and learning from them and figuring it out, you know, it's, it's never going to unfold exactly the way that you imagine, but you just need to keep the focus on that end result of what you're looking to achieve and take aligned action at every step of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also having, again, having that faith that things will work out, especially when everything is messy and you're making mistakes, you know, and just understanding that this is kind of like the hard part of it and it gets better because sometimes it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and having faith, I mean, it, it gives you the, the courage to make bold moves. And I think that is really a lesson that has, you know, kind of shown up for me time and time again in a really powerful way because you know as a small business you often don't have the luxury of you know training someone up like like you know often if you're just really busy and like you need help now you need someone who can step in and really do the job you know from day 1 and ideally do it even better than you could and so um you know it's interesting you talked about how some people love you know the being an operator and some people love you know you know really executing on the work itself. And my now business partner, that was really his story. You know, as he started getting help and building a team, I loved my work more and more as I did that. He hated that transition. He's like, this sucks. This is pulling me away from what I love, which is the marketing and the strategy and like what I'm doing for clients day in and day out. And so when he and I met, 
you know, it was just, we immediately clicked and it was so clear that there was so much synergy there between the two of us, but he had offers on the table from agencies far bigger than mine who were offering him twice the salary that, you know, I could pay him at that point. And so I ended up um, literally the the day after I met him uh, on Zoom, I booked a 6.30 a.m. flight to Washington, D.C. to go meet him in person and convince him to come work for me since I knew I couldn't match those other offers, you know, just on on salary. And making bold moves like that has really served me well. And, and that was the catalyst to really the, the most you know substantial growth that we've had in the agency. Yeah. And that's something that most people wouldn't really do. Right. <laughs> and that's what what you did. It showed that person that they're important and that they they really would mean something to to your business if they decided to work for you, which is pretty incredible if somebody did that and you're trying to to decide what you're going to do, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like those romance um, like uh, movies. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. they, they took the time to come and see me and this these other people didn't. So I'm going to choose you. <laughs> well, it, and, and it's funny, but that is exactly what it was for him because he was someone who like loyalty was very important to him and, and he wanted somewhere where he could really make an impact. And so he, he told me later that when I said that I was jumping on a plane to come talk to him and, you know, have that conversation in person, he knew that he was going to, you know, say yes, almost regardless of what number that I put in front of him. And so, you know, I think having the courage to trust your gut in those instances when it's, you know, like my gut was just screaming at me of, you know, I've got to do something and I've got to do something big. And, you know, that really played out in a great way. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great story to to tell, you know, people about how you found each other and how you were able to to create this business together and how you just were in sync in in that sense. So, Dorothy, I know you also own um you're also the CEO of the gig. Uh can you tell us more about that as well? Absolutely. Yeah, so freelancing really was my ticket into an offbeat life, you know, into having this control and and really being able to create my life, you know, in the image, you know, that I wanted. And I'm very passionate about the opportunity that freelancing poses, you know, for people to to do that same thing. You know, whether your goal is ultimately to, you know, have a, a business with a team, or if you are someone who wants to you know, just be a solopreneur and, you know, live this lifestyle of, you know, travel and, uh, you know, and and freedom and opportunity. And so um, we started the gig, uh, my co-founder and I, um, we started it really to help people to acquire and profit from, you know, these high income online skills that have so much opportunity today. So, you know, things like advertising, things like copywriting, graphic design, you know, web development, Um, you know, there are so many opportunities for people who are in the position that I was in, where I didn't have this skill set. Like I had never managed a Facebook ad account when I decided, all right, I'm going to start freelancing this and, you know, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And so it's an opportunity to, you know, really get paid to learn and, you know, build up this income either on the side or, you know, full time from the start. And I'm really passionate about helping other people to do that. So, you know, through the gig, we publish a free um, daily email newsletter to help people to, uh, you know, start this freelancing journey and, and do it, you know, in the right way and, and shortcut those mistakes. 
Yeah. And I love that you're able to do this and teach people all of these high income skills that they can do as a freelancer. They can do from anywhere because most of the time when we leave school, a lot of the things that we learn really is not as helpful as we think, or maybe it's just the tip of it. And it's really when you find the right mentor or Um, you learn something from maybe a current job or you really go out there and try to figure it out that you do find something. So I definitely think we need something like what you're doing, Dorothy, because otherwise it's just floundering around just trying to figure out what what works for you. I mean, obviously that's not always a bad thing. That's how we figure out where we want to be. But having people who have gone through it and kind of showing you the way to figure it out is so helpful and like what happened to you when you found a mentor, it allowed you to to go a lot faster than what it would be if you just did it on on your own. Exactly. And, you know, it really doesn't matter, you know, kind of what your situation is right now. Um, you really just have to have the commitment to do it. I mean, my co-founder, Jim, he was a massage therapist uh, and was making, you know, something like $35,000 a year and, you know, really just did not like the path that he was heading down. And um, so he decided to start learning copywriting. And, you know, now fast forward a couple of years and he makes six figures, you know, as a copywriter and, you know, has, again, like that same level of control and, and, and just, you know, freedom in his life that he wanted. So, you know, there's so many opportunities out there. And this is a space that has really exploded, um, you know, since the pandemic. And so the opportunity now is, you know, greater than it, certainly greater than it was when I started and um, really greater than it's ever been. Absolutely. There's just a lot of opportunities out there that are just honestly emerging and it's still growing. So we don't even know where it's going to lead and what else is going to come from it. So I love that. So Dorothy, let's fast forward to maybe 40 to 50 years from now, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I love that question. Um, you know, I really believe that the purpose of life is to find what brings us joy and to really do things that light us up and support other people in doing that as well. You know, I think there's so much fulfillment that comes from, you know, helping other people and pouring into others. And, you know, I really just am so grateful that I stumbled onto this path because when I think back to, you know, what my life would have looked like if I had gone forward with that accounting job, you know, it, it just, it would be so different and it would, it would really be you know, so far away from, you know, this life that I've created and that I really love. And so if I can help other people to do that for themselves and to really design a life with intention to live an offbeat life and, and really do the things that, that light them up and bring them joy. That is the greatest, you know, gift that I can give myself, you know, from the standpoint of just, you know, fulfillment and legacy. So that's really what we're trying to do with the gig is to, you know, help people to take back control and create a life that they love. And so, you know, if I can help some people do that, um, you know, over the next, uh, you know, coming years and and decades, um, 
that is something that I would really love. That is amazing. And I am so grateful that you're doing that because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who will really get something from that. I wish I had that when I first began like five, six years ago, that would have been super helpful, but I'm glad that it's being out there right now. So thank you for that, Dorothy. And thank you for joining us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Dorothy Halla. Um, I would love if anyone you know is interested in freelancing or wanting to explore this, uh, I would love to give a gift to your audience. Um, we actually have two um, guides that you know may be helpful for you depending on where you are in your journey. If you are you know really just trying to figure out what you could do to you know start freelancing and you know build this income on the side and, and start to move away from you know your nine to five, whatever it might be. If you opt into the gig, we send everyone who opts in this uh, high income skill guide, which goes through the different you know skills that have the most opportunity today, so that you can start to figure out which is best for you. And then we also have a video training that I did on my exact step-by-step process for how to get clients on Upwork. So if you already know what you're doing or you know if you are ready to start taking that step and, and look for clients, um, I would love to share that training. And so you can get both of those at thegig.io slash VIP. Uh, that was thegig.io slash VIP. And if you opt in there um, for the newsletter, you'll get both of those delivered straight to your inbox. Perfect. We love that, Dorothy. That's definitely going to be super helpful for all of us. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. We really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Dorothy. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to create recession-proof business as a freelancer. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreateapodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreateapodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.